0: Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Board. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboisey.com. Well, if you brought your Bible with you today, get, go, go ahead and get that out. If you're cool and have a Bible app, open it up. If you're not cool, you you're dismissed. No, I'm... <laughs> go with me to Matthew chapter 16 Matthew the 16th chapter I want to uh, get into uh, some more of this message we started a, uh, a little while ago called the triumphant church and so uh, you ready for it yeah. huh. come on you expecting God to speak to you and move in your life today tell you he wants to in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, or, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. This is the triumphant church, the prevailing, the victorious, the overcoming church church. We are a part of something that Jesus himself said he would build. Here we are, a part of something that has God all over it. Amen. And it's a victorious thing. It's not something man-made. It's not something human beings thought up. It's his God-ordained. He said it would happen, and here it is, and we are a part of something amazing and something great. And I tell you, hell doesn't like it, but hell can't do anything about it. Because we are the triumphant, prevailing church. Amen. Amen. And so I know this, that Jesus, when he uh, talked about this, and his intention even today is that we would be triumphant and prevailing, but we would do so by fully utilizing all that he has made available to us. You recall last week we, we focused on the, the, the element of God's Word being the essential part of our lives, individually, corporately, and how it puts us over and gives us victory in every situation. I also recognize that the Lord didn't want us doing His will in our strength. He didn't want us trying to accomplish something great in His name in our own power. Uh, I, Old Testament uh, prophets said, Not by might, nor by power, but... By my spirit and that statement is also true concerning anything we get involved with that is of God okay we are called to do things we are called to be a part of something that is humanly impossible but I tell you with the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit we can do things way beyond our own ability we can do things way beyond our own uh, our own uh, you know thoughts or even to think up, even to strategize, you know, enough to make it happen. It is just God, okay? What we need to be is spirit-filled and to be spirit-led. We shouldn't try to do God's plan our way. And if I don't want to do the right thing the wrong way and therefore run out of gas in the process, I need to understand what He meant when He said, you will receive Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, uh, amen. These things only become possible through the Spirit. And that's one of the things, you know, that the Lord Jesus said to His own disciples. Of course, they saw Him crucified. Then they saw Him after the resurrection. He spoke to them and explained many things to them. In addition to that, He gave them what's called the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And He laid out all kinds of things, like you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You'll cast out demons and, and just some really cool, powerful stuff. And, and uh, so they've got the message. They've got the The word, but one thing he said before he sent them off to do it, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and sit. He did. He told them, I want you, what the Greek word means, sit means to tarry or wait. He said, I want you to wait for something. There's there's, Something else is going to happen. Yes, you see me, I'm raised from the dead. Yes, your sins are washed away. Yes, all of that is taken care of. You know what to do, but you've got to have power to do this. You've got to have an ability that comes from heaven in order for you to accomplish what I've assigned you to do. And so they literally had to go sit for a while. They had to go wait for the day of Pentecost. And that's when he said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so for us to try to do God's will without his power is not very smart, okay, because his will goes beyond our ability. His will, His plan for your life exceeds your human ability, and that's why we have, we need to have a little bit of God on us, or a lot of bit of God. It's the God, fa- it's the, the empowerment factor, it's the Spirit of God working in us every single day that enables us to do the will of God. Even Jesus Himself, I mean, we know how good He was, you know, sinless, uh, uh, and but even Jesus constantly referenced his dependence upon the Father in his ministry. He constantly said, I can't do anything of myself. He said, even the things I'm saying, I got them from him. Huh? And we'll say, well, what if we're not getting anything from him? Then we don't have anything to say of value. But I tell you, when you get one word from God, you get one empowerment from heaven, you now step up, your life is is lived on a whole nother level. You're enabled to... Uh, Uh, to do things that you would never be able to do in and of yourself, okay? We live in what's called in Scripture the the dispensation of grace, or we, we also can call it the church age. All right? it's a unique time in history that we happen to be a part of it started at the resurrection of Jesus and continues even to this day now this is the church age but what happened specifically for our time is and Jesus kicked this off he was teaching his disciples and he told them I'm about to leave I'm about to head out uh, but the Holy Spirit is coming after me okay he's, he's going to be like me Okay, He's going to help you. He's going to do all these things, but He's going to replace my role. See, Jesus was in one place at one time, and he, he was limited in that capacity in His earthly ministry, but as soon as He left and the Spirit of God was poured out upon all flesh, now the, now the Holy Spirit uh, is everywhere. Okay, and He's available to everyone, and He can empower people all over the place, and just like they were limited in their experience because Jesus could only say one thing at a time and do one thing at a time, now the Spirit of God is everywhere and He'll speak to you and He'll speak to you and He'll speak to you and He'll heal this person and answer this person's prayer and move over here and do all kinds of things all at the same time. And we're just one part of the body of Christ here. okay? And He's doing that all around the world. But a great uh, shift, if you will, in emphasis was placed upon the work and move of the Holy Spirit uh, really when you start the day of Pentecost. That's the, in the first or the second chapter of Acts okay an emphasis switch and now there's so much focus placed upon the work the move the power the operation the demonstration the gifts of the holy spirit for the church okay now that being the case that was a part of god's plan to begin with when jesus said i will build my church and hell won't prevail against it it was an empowered church It wasn't a church that would figure it out in their own strength and their own understanding. No, it was a church that was anointed. A church that was empowered by the Spirit of God. That's what he had in mind. That being the case, and that being the only way we can be effective, you can see how the enemy would also throw everything he has against that message and against that revelation to try to get believers to set aside the work of the Spirit. Try to get them to ignore or act like it's unimportant. He's even convinced some that, the, that these things don't even happen today. Much of the, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. That's a strategy of the enemy. It really is. To disempower, if you will, the, the body of Christ. Now, uh, in our day, this being the case that the Holy Spirit has so much focus and emphasis, I think about how we treat Him. Sometimes it's rude. I mean, if, if Jesus himself were to come and, uh, and walk up, stand up on the stage, we all saw him in the flesh, I think we'd be pretty reverent. I think we'd be pretty respectful. <laughs> I think he'd have all of our focus, all the devices and everything. We'd stop, you know, texting this person in the middle of a service or, or whatever. It would be like, okay, I think we're probably supposed to listen to this. <laughs> I think maybe Jesus showing up in service kind of important <laughs> and he would have our full attention full respect but here, but we would do that to the lord but you know we do the opposite oftentimes with the move of the spirit yeah. meaning the holy spirit comes in he begins to work and manifest and you know gifts of the spirit like the word of wisdom word of knowledge discerning of spirits like prophecy tongues interpretation of tongues gifts of healing work in miracle special faith you know those gifts of the spirit begin to manifest and show up and he starts moving across our midst and often people have zero respect for the person whose first name is holy which is total, a total contradiction. I mean, Jesus, his, his name isn't even Holy Jesus, right? <laughs> but Holy Spirit is. And, and sometimes we, we, we lessen the reverence and the honor for him, and that's the emphasis in the New Testament age, the church age. It's the Spirit of God. He'll speak to you. He'll move amongst you. He'll strengthen you. He'll, he'll help you he'll do all these things. And so if we don't know him, and if we don't recognize when he moves and when he begins to manifest, we are totally shooting ourselves in the foot because we need him, and we need that power, and we need that revelation, and we need that leading in our lives. And for us to ever do anything that would hinder, even in the slightest degree, the work of the Spirit is not smart it's not, and I don't mean that he's so fragile. And I don't mean that he's, he's not that way at all. He is strong, but he does get grieved. It is possible to grieve the Spirit, huh? And we want to avoid that. We want to give all this attention uh, back to the Lord and what he said would be necessary in being a triumphant, victorious church. We need the work of the Spirit of God in our lives does everybody acknowledge that at least in principle it's necessary amen and without that we work in vain is it possible to be a part of a of a church or a religious facility and not be saved is it possible to come in week in week, you know, week, in, week out and not have needs met have no encounters with God No one's hearing from heaven. No one's seeing visions. No one's getting answers. Is that possible? Unfortunately, it is, but it's not supposed to be that way. We are the church, the body of Christ, empowered and anointed to do His will and carry out His plan according to His might and His power, not according to our own. So, listen, if individuals are ever trying to persuade others against the power of God against the work of the Spirit and they want to diminish the role of the Holy Spirit in both the individual and in us corporately I'm telling you that is a direct hindrance to God and I'm telling you it would I would categorize that as a categorize that as a doctrine of demons Okay, uh, we live in a day we need the Spirit of God, and the enemy is fighting hard against this. Uh, don't try to talk me into accepting problems. Don't try to talk, when someone has a, has a disease, and they come down with something horrible, and individuals try to coach them and encourage them to accept it, learn to live with it. Ah, ah that's, human, that's, that's human ability. Maybe you can't do anything of yourself, but you're not by yourself. God has something better. I don't want to hear any talk about learning how to, how to adapt to the problem, adapt like to a disease. Tell me how to hear from heaven. Tell me how to contact God. Tell me how to get healing from above. I want to know what the Lord's ability in, in this situation is. But if I find myself listening to something and it's all, you can't, you won't, you're not able to, this is not going to be, and it's all trying to get me to accept in order to, you know, be at peace with something, Uh, how does that build faith in me? If you listen to things repetitively and it's always, you can't, you won't, you don't have, you're not going to be able to learn to live with everything in this life and it'll all be fine when you get to heaven, run from that. I'm telling you that saps the faith out of you. A person told me recently that uh, they were watching our program on TV a while back, and uh, they said, I was sharing along these lines, I don't know mo- mo- what message it was, but you know about people being healed and helped and prayers being answered, all this kind of victory stuff, you know <laughs> and uh, And they said they were watching that, and then they after that they turned they were watching something else, they turned something, something and they said, this other person was another. Preacher, I guess. Uh, they said they were saying all the opposite stuff. I thought, ah. I mean, I don't know the details. I didn't hear it myself. So, but I think, what are we listening to? Does it reflect the victorious nature of G- what Jesus promised we would be? Or does it sap your strength? Does it, does, it, does it take away? Amen. So, well, people just need to learn to live with things and accept certain facts. I agree I accept the fact that God is powerful I accept the fact that he loves me I accept the fact that Jesus bore my pain that he took my shame that by his stripes I was healed I think we start need to do some more accepting of reality Instead of people living with their head in the sand, let's start accepting reality. This is the fact, Jack, according to eternal kingdom promises and what Jesus did for us on the cross. When are we going to accept it? You know, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and talked about the last days. And uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, he wrote to him and said, "But, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come alright so that's not a positive but it is reality right but one of the things he said would happen in verse 5 he talked about those that would uh, verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people run with them listen to them every day no he said turn away from that that's interesting in the last days what what will be indicative of our time is people will deny the power of God what do you mean deny the power of? that's the very thing Jesus told his disciples to not go and do what they were told to do without you guys need to wait for power he said in the last days what some will do is they will try to get you to do just the opposite try to be a Christian come on live for God beat you up when you do wrong but they won't give you the power of the spirit won't give you the power to overcome won't talk to you about God's, God's all ability I know some would, some say, well, you know, I think when people are healed or answers to prayer or miracles of that nature, of different nature, that that's just based on the sovereignty of God. That if He wants to do it, He'll do it. And if He doesn't want to do it, He won't do it. By the way, usually that ends up in He never does it. Almost all the time that ends up that way. Okay. But I just believe that it's all based on God's sovereignty well listen listen in God's sovereignty do you know what he did he put all sickness and disease on Jesus you know in God's sovereignty he commanded us to go forth in his name and speak his word and he said he would back it with signs following In His sovereignty, He gave us His great precious promises. Never did He tell us to roll over in defeat and play dead and wait for heaven to come. Hang on, hang on, try to make it to the end. No, He wanted us to live and to thrive in this life. He gave us His name and His power so we would be victorious. This is what he gave us to do. That's the sovereign word of the Lord. It's not us waiting on God to move. It's, us, it's him waiting on us to take what he's given us and go, and go make things happen. Everybody okay? Amen. Psalm chapter 106 and verse 8 reads this way. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake that he might make his mighty power hidden. That he might, that he might conceal all his ability and say it's all reserved for heaven. No, he said he wanted to make his mighty power known. You know that what's the Lord? That's, that is what the Lord is trying to do in your life, not hide Himself but reveal Himself, not show you what can't be done, but what, show you what can be done. He wants to reveal himself and his mighty power in your life and in our church and in everything we do. He's trying to make himself known. If you ever find yourself praying and thinking this way, Lord, I I want you to help this person and heal this person and set this individual free and you find yourself thinking, man, if I could only convince God to do it. If 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 I could only get him. If I could only talk him into doing it. How many know our thinking is wrong? As if you love people, but He doesn't. You want people helped. You want people saved. You want people healed, but God doesn't. By the way, if that's the case, good luck with that. <laughs> if He doesn't want it, we're in trouble. But He is a God of love and a mercy and of power. If you ever find yourself praying and your heart goes out to someone, heart of compassion goes out to someone who's hurting, someone who's, who, who needs help, someone who's sick, someone who's in pain, you know the only reason you feel that way? is because of the compassion and love of God inside of you. You know the reason you have that rising up inside? It's because God loves them more than you, you and I can even comprehend. And he's trying to stir us up, not to just roll over and say, isn't it too bad? It's so sad that this happening is happening. He wants us to rise up in strength and say, thank God I'm here. Jesus is in me. The power of the Spirit of God is on me. I am part of the victorious, triumphant church. And this situation is about to change. It's time for people to speak to their mountains and cast them into the sea. It's time for us to rise up and do what Jesus said and be who he called us to be. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord, again, is not seeking to hide his power. He's looking for an opportunity to make it known. Turn with me over to the book of John. John the 14th chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's in the house today. John the 14th chapter. Notice with me over here in verse 12, Jesus speaking. Jesus spoke in red, as you might be aware. John 14 verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. Who's he talking to there? If, you're, if you believe in him he's talking to you. He said the works that I do he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. What is, what is he talking about? We know the works of Jesus. They're amazing. They're impressive. Uh, everything from healing the sick to raising the dead to walking on water and all kinds of other stuff. He said the works that I do, he said you guys are going to do that too. He said you know what? You're going to do greater works than these. Now We can go into detail and talk about that but, but, but for now just get, get, the, get the picture of what Jesus is saying the church would be like. He said, "You're going to do the same stuff that I do. So you're going to do even more than I do. You're going to be able to." He said, "How is that possible?" He said, "Because I'm going to the Father." Right, right. How does the absence of Jesus re, uh, result in us doing the works and greater works than Him? Because He was switching places with someone. He was swapping roles with the Holy Spirit, and now the Spirit of God would go out and be poured out on all flesh. And so the works of Jesus then become normal. They become everyday part of the believer's life. Can you see how the enemy would want to talk you out of this? Can you see how the enemy would want to keep this information from... Do you know there are believers that have been, they've been saved for a very long time, but they don't have a clue about their potential? they don't know how powerful the church is supposed to be and that's because of the absence of knowledge of the power of the Holy Spirit and when we read this you go on into the book of Acts and you you find out how the early church functioned. you read in Acts chapter 6 about a guy named uh, a guy named Stephen and uh, and Stephen wasn't an apostle and Stephen wasn't a prophet, and Stephen wasn't a, an evangelist. He later became one, but, or a pastor, or a teacher. You know what Stephen was? He was involved in the ministry of helps. He was serving tables. He was helping to get things organized. He's working, just doing whatever he could for the kingdom, for God's glory. And the Bible says, great, mighty signs and wonders were wrought by him. He was a man of faith and power. I mean, no, it's not about just being called to a super-duper position or have this super-duper calling on my life to do great things. If you're a believer in Jesus, the works that he did shall you do also. I don't know if everyone's getting this, but there is the potential within your very hands for God's power to flow through you, to heal the sick and to do, uh, do amazing things. And if I were the devil, I would try to keep that information away from you and i try to talk you out of it even right now excuse 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 yeah but you can't but there's a reason you're not good enough you're not holy enough you're not, you don't know enough you don't pray enough or or or, or some kind of funky bogus religious excuse yeah, right. why because i'd want to keep the church powerless i'd want to keep them subject to the the whims of this life and this fallen world and sin and the devil and all kind. i'd want to keep them weak just roll over and wait till jesus comes back <laughs> I mean we are most of us already blew the main plan of the devil, right, by getting saved. If you gave your life to Jesus, you totally thwarted his plan to rule and reign over you. And now Jesus is your Lord. Now he just wants to keep you quiet. Hush. Don't say a thing. Don't you do a thing? Don't you give don't you pray with boldness. Don't you use that name. Amen. Look with me over at 1 Corinthians chapter two. See, see, you guys, we're not waiting for a special move of God. And I I believe in moves of God, past, present, and even future. I pray out the plan of God myself. I pray things out of 1 Corinthians 14, pray out the mysteries of God, do that on a regular basis. We all do. We're praying for things uh, uh, to come. Uh, But we're not waiting on a move of God for him to to operate. As if, well, if God decides to do it, then he's going to do it. No, how about when we get a revelation of who we are and we get a revelation understanding of the power of the Spirit of God within us that we get up and do it. I have found so many more things will happen when I will take the initiative meaning meaning this I believe that God already wants to he already has in Jesus and by the power of the Spirit and the Word of God I can take a step of faith and pray boldly and expect a a, a change I can speak and I can do things and pray and lay hands on I can do this by my will and when I do he backs it up but what if we're always waiting on him well someday God's gonna move someday there's gonna be an outpouring someday there's gonna be a revival some day, some day, some day, someday. How long have we been saying that? How about today? How about right now? How about we acknowledge, oh wow, he's here now. Has he been here the whole time? <sighs> I mean, he knows us already. He's already here, so the full potential of everything that God is, is here right now? Oh, wow. That changes everything. We're no longer going to be weak. Look at the way Paul talked, and I'll just say this for a moment. When Jesus did his ministry, I know he was an outstanding teacher, and they said, wow, with what authority he speaks. But you know his ministry didn't wasn't just comprised of good words of good sermons. you know the ministry of Jesus was comprised of word and spirit he had he, he had the Word from heaven, but he also had the power of God and it was the power of God that drew people and why people they had needs, and God was willing to meet those needs. He wanted their needs met. If Jesus needed that, do we i mean could he do it with that but we can handle it without that Jesus need a pow- needed the power and demonstration of, of God but we can do it without the power and demonstration of God man that's funky thinking that's a wrong way to view these things and look at what Paul did he, he said 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 he said in my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in what demonstration of the spirit and power he said even when i came to you it wasn't all about my my messages my teachings my words he said i brought the power of god to you so well, why, why, why would you do that verse five that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of god he said if i'd have brought it the other way the, there would be a real possibility that you would just believe that i was really wise He said, but I brought it in power so you can see that God was in it. I brought the demonstration of the Spirit so you could see it wasn't just of human origin. It wasn't just a really smart person. This is a God thing. And I tell you, if we don't have that, things can be called into question all day long. Well, that one argument against this or another argument. And this person says this. Another person says this. I know, but where's the power? And if we don't have the power, are we the real thing? Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be great if we could solve all questions of, of, of cults and, and different funky religious beliefs with a proposition of power like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. We'll see what your God can do and we'll see what our God will do. Say that's dangerous ground there. I have a feeling God's up to the task. Say, you're getting risky. You're getting way out on the edge. (laughs) I like, I think that's a good thing for us. We get out in a place where if God doesn't show up, we're in trouble because we've banked our lives upon his unchanging word. We've given our, our eternity over to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and to think that God won't perform today. How silly is that? I mean that doesn't even make sense that he would leave us alone and helpless but Paul said hey hey, when I did this I did this so your faith would not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God how would our faith be in the power of God that just means there's a constant demonstration of God's power to where we can say yes I've heard the word I believe the word it produces faith in my heart but also I see God working he healed this person. He saved this person. He turned this person's life around. He answered this prayer. He fixed this situation over here. The power of God is in demonstration. But if no one's having visions, and no one's seeing God move, and no one's prophesying, and no one's, no, no one's doing, and we don't have constant flow of answers of prayer and all this kind of stuff, how would we even know that God's there? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Not just talk. We should not just be about talk. But also about demonstration, show and tell. Hallelujah. In, a, well, let me, this, these, these verses here, the Beck translation, he said, I didn't use clever talk to persuade you. Didn't use clever talk. Weymouth, the last part of that verse says, uh, they were attended with proof and power given by the Spirit proof and power given by the Spirit. I'm telling you, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In, in the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians verse 19, uh, Paul, see Paul was uh, dealing with some individuals who were challenging his authority. That when he was gone, they were speaking against him. And they, they were full pride, they were saying all kinds of stuff against him. And he wrote them a letter, wrote the church at Corinth a letter. and Listen to what he said in, in 4 19 and 20 he said but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills now stop for a moment, just let me me give you this thought if the Lord wills is a question, it's a maybe but it does not relate to anything except for does the Lord want me to come there do you and I ever need to say if the Lord wills if we don't know what he wants us to do, Paul didn't have direction there if the Lord had already told him you're going there next I want you to be there, he wouldn't have said that Okay, But he's not putting if the Lord wills on everything. And if we do that, quit it. Because you have to have boldness to make things work. All this works together with boldness. Uh, I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What if we reduce our all of the gospel and all of our teaching to only words, then we're, that's not the word of the kingdom. That's not the way the kingdom should be represented. It should have words and power. It should have revelation and demonstration. And if we lack that, we've fallen into a, a, a trap. We've fallen into this belief that limits what God, what God can do and he wants us to elevate our thinking the Lord wants us to have a bigger vision to stop p- limiting his power and ability to you know, just a few things here and there or, or believing that all God's power was demonstrated in past times he is the God today of word and power he is the God today who wants to work in us and through us amen a- a- amen and so uh, he-, he said for the kingdom of God is not in word but in power so Why are we talking about this? We've got to have a demonstration of God's power constantly and continually. Amen. And thank God we do. Let's increase. Here, look at, listen to these translations. The Taylor version. Uh, I'll find out whether these proud men are just big talk, talkers or, or whether they really have God's power. He's looking for a showdown. They're talking about me when I'm gone. I'm showing up. We're going to see what they have. And he said, it's not going to be an argument of words. It's going to be, what can you produce? Here's the Knox translation. And then I will test, not the fine words of those who hold me in contempt, but the powers they can show. Again, I see here, Elijah and the prophets of Baal to show down. And Paul thought the same way. What do you say? We think that way too. And say, amen. Amen. I wrote this down earlier, and uh, I want to read this to you about who we are, the triumphant church. We are powerful in the Spirit. All things are possible to us because we believe miracles are in our hands. We call on the name of the Lord and he hears and answers us. Where we go, God goes. When we speak his word, circumstances change. When we de- when we declare his name, heaven stands at attention and hell trembles. We are not weak and powerless. We are strong in his grace and favored by God. We will not be defeated, denied, or ignored. We are the church, triumphant, victorious, influential, empowered, and world changing. I tell you friends, there is a vision that we need to have of how powerful the Lord says we are. And not see ourselves and we as weak and helpless and we don't know what to do. We have almighty God at our disposal helping us, filling us, enabling us to be more than we can be. Amen. You know there is a a a a minister is a gift there is a promise we referenced earlier called the infilling of the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, you know this is interesting to me people frequently will be familiar with commands and they're familiar with commands in the Bible usually most frequently the Ten Commandments don't kill and stuff you know <laughs> we don't advise killing either uh, you know one of the New Testament commands you want to know what one of them is? How it relates to this? It's 1 Corinthians 14. You know, One of the New Testament commands is this. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. That's a commandment from God. Yikes. That's stirring some people up, huh? Wow. <laughs> Why? Well, apparently some would do that. Apparently, someone along some they've tried to stop people from operating in these heavenly gifts he said do not forbid people to do that amen amen now listen now listen uh, thank you lord and at the conclusion of our service here today we're going to have not only our healing teams that will be here as normal uh and helping people we're also going to have individuals over on this side if you've never received the the gift of the holy spirit and you want to you come down and let them pray with you all right i don't mean you're not saved i'm talking about i'm talking to believers paul said in acts 19 he said have you received the holy spirit since you believed so there's the believing in jesus and then there's the receiving of the holy spirit and if you haven't received that, you say, I want that power. This is all what we're talking about today. It is the power of God to demonstrate. Amen. Amen. For him to flow through your life mightily. Much we can say about that. But they'll be up here. And if you want that, come talk to them. They'll pray with you. You'll have an experience with God. It'll be good. Father, I thank you today for what you're doing in our service. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Our Oh, I thank you that he moves and manifests in our midst. I thank you, Lord. We reverence and respect all that you say and all that you do. For you're a good, good God. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you. We reverence you. And we thank you for moving mightily in our midst here today. If you're having, if you're having physical problems, let's demonstrate this right now. If you're having physical problems in your body. Something hurts, something's limited, something's broken, something's missing, something's... Right right now, let's just let, let the Spirit of God move and bring healing to bodies all across. Watch how this happens. You'll see this happen right now. Okay? You put your hands on yourself, whatever it is. If you're totally whole and everything's good, you just pray for others. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak to these bodies. speak to these These conditions, I command sickness and disease and pain and trouble to go. Leave these bodies now. And Lord, I speak life and healing and restoration and you recreate and you restore and you make all things new and right and normal and perfect. They function the way they're supposed to. In the name of Jesus, it is so give you all the glory we give you all the praise all the honor let's do your name hallelujah someone healed healed with a tailbone issue tailbone been giving you problems that goes away you know we were praying earlier uh, before the service with the S- Sunday morning prayer group uh, I kept praying out to Venom, I kept praying out in tongues, and I, and I kept praying about, and I kept saying this word, uh, melanin, melanine, melanin. And I thought, what's that word? I was asking other people, what's that? Is that something? That something. So my friend here helped me. Google, and it said dark brown to black pigment occurring in the hair, skin, and iris of the eye in people and animals. Any animals? Okay. It is responsible for the tanning of skin exposed to sunlight. I thought, the Lord knows I need a tan. Not really. If someone's having that issue, I kept praying about that before the service. Some kind of Melanin pigmentation kind of thing Issue in your body I pray for you now In the name of the Lord Jesus Be healed Command that issue to go Healed in Jesus' name Thank you Father You're so good to us You're so good, so kind Man, God's good. How many many would say already, you can already tell right now, something changed in your body. Lift your hands up in the air. Praise God. Praise God. All over the place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for working in our bodies. We thank you. for. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.